0: To frankly speaking sports so happy to have you here on this beautiful monday evening what a great 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 show we have planned for you this evening in about 15 minutes we're gonna have the play-by-play announcer for the tampa bay rays dwayne stats will be joining us live right here on the frankly speaking sports hotline Also, we're going to go over a couple different topics today. Uh, We're going to talk about the NFL a little bit later in our show about uh, the Texans and the Cowboys, several of their players coming down with the uh, coronavirus, so we'll talk about that later in the show. Also, we're going to talk about, obviously, uh, what's going on with Major League Baseball and everything between the owners and the players and the commission and so on. But before I get to that, I want to remind all of you that if you are currently online, we are on several different platforms tonight, and I would also like to announce that we are now being covered live in six different countries. Tonight, we have the honor of being on in the United States, Ireland, South Korea, Canada, Germany, and the United Kingdom. So I want to welcome all my friends from those other countries on our show tonight um, I hope you enjoy the show about to put on for you. Also, for those of you that do not know, we have several different platforms. Should anybody miss the show tonight or maybe want to re-listen to it tomorrow, you can either A, go to YouTube channel, Frankly Speaking Sports, and you'll get all our previous and current videos, podcasts, and interviews on that channel. Also want to remind you, we are on all different podcast platforms as well. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Bullhorn, Apple, Google, just to mention a few. But the most important thing is we are on Facebook Live. So what I'd like you all to go do now is if you can please do me a big favor as we get started here, can you please do me a favor and share this on your timelines so that your friends can enjoy and listen to... This show as well. We're going to have lots and lots and lots of, uh, you know, listeners on tonight. Like I said, we're on different platforms. Last week, we broke all sorts of records internationally and nationally for views. And we want to continue that great, great thing today. Also, if you are listening for the first time, please get involved. You know, all you have to do is leave a comment in the comments section. If you have a question maybe for Dwayne Stats when he joins us in about 15 minutes, we'll go ahead and we'll try to get, you know, that question in and see if he can answer that as well. Also, we're going to talk about some rough topics tonight. We're going to talk about Major League Baseball and those of you who have followed me um, on our last, I think tonight is our actual 60th episode of Frankly Speaking Sports so those of you who followed in the past, you know about participating. Ask questions. Don't be shy. No questions are stupid questions. Or so just leave a comment. You want to comment on the owners in Major League Baseball, which, believe me, I'm about to do full force ahead in a minute. You can go ahead and do that. Just go under the comment section. It's the best place to leave a comment and get your questions answered. Um. It did come down. Let, let's let's back up a little bit and start talking about this. We did have on Saturday the uh, the owners and the players' unions. Uh, you know, the owners came back with an unbelievable, ridiculous type uh, offer to the players, and obviously the players just got fed up with it and said, "You know what? Just let's play. You tell us where." You tell us when, and we'll go ahead, and we'll be there. Basically, the players will give it in and said we had enough of this crap. Let's just go ahead and uh, play whatever amount of games you want, and that's what we'll do. And I have a statement here today from Tony Clark. For those of you that uh, look at our Facebook page, you've probably seen this already, but from the Major League Players Association, this is directly from Tony Clark. Players are disgusted that after Rob Manfred unequivocally told players and fans that they would 100% be a 2020 season, he has decided to go back on his word and is now threatening to cancel the entire season. Any implication that the Players Association has somehow delayed progress on health and safety protocol is completely false. As Rob has recently acknowledged, the parties are very, very close. The latest threat is just one more indication that Major League Baseball has been negotiated in bad faith since the beginning. This has always been about extracting additional pay cuts from players. And this is just another day and another bad faith tactic in their ongoing campaign. I'm going to put this real simple to you, folks. okay? the owners are playing around with the players this is not the player's fault anyone who thinks this is the player's fault right now is full of crap i will put it to you plain and simple this is in no way shape or form the player's fault the players are doing everything peter Alonzo, i just saw a message from him on twitter let's get back just tell us where and when but the problem with major league baseball the owners is that they are nothing but greedy bastards. That's all they are. And they are right now being controlled by a commissioner who is nothing but a coward. He is a hypocritical coward. Anybody that has listened to this guy knows that he is full of bull crap 100%. And he has no shenanigans when it comes to making a decision. And, you know, we go all back to the Houston Astros scandal. He would not go ahead and penalize players because he is afraid to make a decision. Well, they wouldn't have told me if I didn't, you know, give him immunization. You're full of crap. If you were good enough, they would have told you. That's number one. The Red Sox, you didn't penalize anyone. Because you're afraid of making a decision. And now the same exact thing. Where you were supposed to lead us back into baseball. But because you are controlled by the owners. You are nothing but a coward. Nobody else can say anything differently about Robin Manfred. He does not deserve to be in the position that he currently holds. And he needs to be ousted out of office no questions asked here is a guy who said 100 percent we are gonna play baseball 100 percent and he lied not only did he lie to the players not only did he lie to the media but he lied to every fan not in just america but in the entire world he is a liar and you know you talk about the integrity of the game This is what the word integrity means. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principle in the state of being whole and undivided. We are divided. There is no doubt about that in Major League Baseball. The owners have played enough and the reason why Robert Manfred won't make a decision, I hope you all are smart enough to see this. The least amount of games that are played the least amount of money the owners have to pay the players. So Robert Manfred figures, if I wait long enough and just hold this out and I don't make a decision, we will get to play less games and the owners will be happier because they don't have to pay the players as much money. That is what they're talking about when they talk about we call it pro-rating. I think they use the terminology pro-rater, but at the end of the day, you take the number of games played, divide it by 162, and then multiply games played. They want them to take additional cuts, additional prorates. It's wrong. It is completely wrong. These players are not wrong. And, you know, I used to, years back, always side maybe a little bit too much with the owners. But I'm looking right at you through this camera right now telling you I was wrong. These players are a hundred percent right, and they are being treated with the utmost respect. Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred do not give a crap about anybody but themselves. They always have and they always will, and the least they care about right now is the fans. Don't listen to these things; I feel sorry for the fans. Bullcrap, Robert Manfred. If you felt sorry for the fans, you would be doing something about it. But because you're a wimp and a hypocritical coward, you don't have enough balls to do anything about it. There, I said it. That's what you lack. And and every single fan in America should be disappointed, disgusted at the leadership that this game is now being ran by. You know, in 1998... And it was just yesterday, I think on ESPN, they showed the uh, 30-30 on Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. They brought the game back to respectability. And now we have a leader in office there in baseball that is trying to do everything in his power to ruin the game. And you know the amazing thing about it? He is succeeding. He is succeeding, and he is succeeding. And, you know... I don't want anybody looking at the players right now and saying the players are doing wrong. They are doing everything they can to get back on the field. But because of the mighty dollar and because the owners, it's okay for the owners to make $10 billion last year. But gosh forbid, they should lose a couple of million or billion this year because of an unfortunate, unforeseen epidemic They don't want it, and they want the players to take the loss on everything. That is wrong. That is terrible business, and it's being controlled by the coward, hypocritical commissioner that we have in place. And something needs to be done about it. Of course, the owners are loving it. The reason he is here, they did in good faith. In March, they made a deal. Both sides agreed to the deal. The commissioner was there when the deal was met. That's number one. That plan and that agreement, both sides should be man and woman enough to decide and say we made a deal and this is the deal that we are going to stick with. But no, no, that's not the way it is. In bad faith, the owners are coming back. They're all playing games. It's all about their mighty pocket and screw the fans. You know what? When the fans not only, you know, the fans aren't going to be able to come to games this year, most likely because they're not going to allow fans at least the beginning. But you know how you dent their pocket? And I hate to do this. And I hate to tell people to do this. You start boycotting their sponsors. That's where their money is going to be made this year. When they come back to play, You tell the Pepsis, well, you can't tell Coca-Cola anymore because Coca-Cola dropped them. Thank God Coca-Cola was smart enough to see the stupidity in there. And, you know, it's just one of those things that is sickening and sickening. And for those of you who actually believe that this is a health issue, you are wrong. This, You ask any player, they will tell you, and I talked to a number of the players, this is not about health. Major League Baseball wants you to think it is about health. That's what it is. It is not about their concern of the player's safety. It is 100% about the mighty dollar. And we're not supposed to be having a work stoppage right now. The work stoppage at the beginning was due to the coronavirus And rightly so. Okay. And if they don't want to put fans in the stands because they're worried, that's fine. But right now, if you believe it, that's what Major League Baseball wants you to believe, that the work stoppage is being caused by coronavirus. No. Even the WNBA came out today and said they are starting back their leagues in Bradenton, Florida, at IMG in Bradenton, um, coming up in July. This is no longer about the coronavirus. This is a work stoppage, and this needs to be dealt with by the coward, hypocritical commissioner. And, you know, some people may say real quickly before we get Dwayne stats on the line, you know, fans should be in the stands when baseball come back. I agree, but we are at a different time where we can't do that we cannot do that okay because of the health crisis going on in the world right now you know fans should be part of everything i don't believe in fake crowd noise either and i agree with jeff you know jeff saying that part of the game is the fans um you know it's not as enjoyable being you know on tv than at the game but at the same idea we have to deal with the consequences and the cards that are presented to us. And please do not believe anyone if they tell you the game is being held up because safety, because it's just more BS coming out of Rob Manfred's mouth. We're right about ready to go ahead and get um, uh, Dwayne Stats on the line. So let's go ahead and do that. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to introduce to you on the Frankly Speaking Sports Hotline, the play-by-play announcer for the Tampa Bay Rays. Please welcome Dwayne Stets. Dwayne, how are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, we're very, very well. Thank you. How
1: about
0: you? Dwayne, I'm doing great. I'd rather be listening to you, and nothing personal. I love talking to you, but I'd rather be listening to you um, on TV uh, with a, a Rays game going on you the same thing too. Nothing
1: against you, but I'd rather be speaking uh, with you uh, over uh, over one of our uh, affiliates and over one of our telecasts and uh,
0: speaking with you right now. Um, Dwayne, let me ask you a question. You've been with the Tampa Bay Rays now since the inception, since since we started baseball in Tampa Bay. I mean, how great of a feeling is it to know? Wow, you know, there's many uh, play-by-play announcers with different teams. I know you were with different teams before the Rays. But to now be probably one of the only ones that can say, I've been with this club ever since they started.
1: You know, it really gives me an opportunity to truthfully say uh, with conviction that I think I've seen it all. You know, When when you start with an expansion club, uh, you know that there's going to be some uh, difficult times and some losing. I'm not sure that we knew that it would be ten years of that before things turned around. But when they did, and and really since that um, since that '08 season, it has been a very interesting run here. And I'll tell you, I I uh, I love the area. Uh, I, I've been in Florida now for almost I I think longer than. Uh, most people walking around Florida, there aren't too many uh, original Floridians here. And and it has given given me that opportunity to see really the good, bad, and the ugly in, uh, in a whole franchise history. And it has been a great experience.
0: Dwayne, how great of a feeling is it when you take it? You go ahead, you accept the job with the raise, and like you said, you know you're going to, at first, go through bumps and bruises. How great was it, you know, or how rewarding was it when they finally did get to the World Series in 08? Yeah,
1: 2008 was a special year, I'm telling you. Uh, so many great things happened there. It was interesting because the year before, in uh, 07, they still lost – 96 games that year. But at the end of that season, and I guess every team that's suffered through a season like that, you know, you you come August and September and you're looking for good things. We started to see some good signs. And then in the spring of 08, I think it was Scott Casimir, you know, the little hard going left-hander from Houston, who said, uh, "This this is going to be a better year than a lot of people think. And a lot of people at that point kind of dismissed Casper, but it turned out to be exactly
0: that. It was a magical season. Yeah, and I mean, it's one that I'll never forget. And it was great, the atmosphere. I mean, everything about that year was just great. Now, Dwayne, I have to ask you a question, and I'm sure everybody that talks to you um, asks you this same question in one form or another, but... Before you were with the Rays, I know you did time in Houston. You did time, I think it was, with the Yankees. I know ESPN. And then, of course, the Chicago Cubs. How much of, I don't know if hysteric is the right word, or enjoyment was it to work with Harry Carey? Oh, what
1: a great experience that was. Excuse me. You know, my story is that I grew up in the St. Louis area. And interestingly enough, I became a Houston Colt 45 fan because I was a nine-year-old kid, and the power of radio brought to me the Colt 45 broadcast. And for a nine-year-old, the idea of having a major league team in that wild west, in my mind, a state of Texas was just so alluring. And I found out that I could listen to their games at night, so I followed them. But at the same time, I grew up, all my friends were Cardinal fans. And so I grew up listening to Harry and Jack Buck on that crew until, you know, Harry had his little run-in with uh, the owner of the Cardinals and then wound up in Oakland and then on the south side of Chicago, the north side of Chicago. And when I took that job on their crew, Harry, Harry was he was not only so much fun but for me, he, he was a gracious guy. And I, I loved every minute I spent in Chicago on that crew with Harry. And, and here's the thing. Having grown up as a kid in the market where he worked most of his time, you know, I, I knew Harry. I, I mean, I knew what he was as a broadcaster. And I knew that he would embellish a few things once in a while, but he did it out of love for the game. And, and when I joined that Cubs group and to get to know him essentially on a day to day basis, you know, here's a guy who, and he never talked much about his childhood, but he really was sort of a, a street urchin kid. And he told me when.
0: I remember growing up, you know, you had two choices. You know, we didn't have all the different uh, MLB innings and all these things they have nowadays. You know, you'd have to watch either the local team. I was in New York, so I listened to Ralph Kiner, Lindsay Nelson, Bob Murphy. But your only other choices was the Cubs or TBS with the Braves. So I remember those days real well. Let me ask you this, Dwayne. I think a lot of people, and just so our listeners know – you know, they think a lot of time like a play-by-play announcer. They go to the baseball game. They get to the field. They go up in the booth, and they're on air, and they're talking baseball. But there's a lot more into televising a game play-by-play than just getting in that booth and calling the game, isn't there?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I spent a couple of years in the minor leagues back, you know, 100 years ago as a kid just getting an opportunity to try to develop and find my uh, abilities Dick King was his name, and he stressed to me at the time, if I, if I had any chance of making it in this business, he stressed to me that preparation was 90 or 95% of the job. And, you know, it's true. I, I, I think you have to be personable. You have to be knowledgeable. I, I think you have to have a good heart, you know, a good feel, because if people are going to hear you every day, they have an idea of what kind of person you are. They read those things. They read nuances in your voice and in your inflection and the whole thing. And you'd better be prepared. And at the time, you know, there were no more knowledgeable sports fans than baseball fans. Of course, everybody had an opinion. But people were so locked into following the game. And I think that's true today as well, probably across the board in all sports. So you'd better do your prep and you'd better know what you're talking about if you think you're going to have credibility with the fans and the listeners. And that's what we've tried to do. I want to make sure that I'm prepared when I do a game, and at the same time, I'm going to be the human being that people can relate to and have a little fun with the telecast. And I think if we can put all those things together, we've done our job. Hey,
0: Dwayne, We're talking about Dwayne Stats, uh the play-by-play uh, broadcaster for the Tampa Bay Rays, since the beginning um, let me ask you a question because I did notice something, Dwayne, and I've been listening to Rays since you've been there. I've been there. I just recently moved, but I listened to all the Rays games and you and Brian on TV. But the one thing I noticed about you, and I'm not just saying it because I'm speaking to you and I was going to ask you about it, is when you listen to play-by-play announcers, you know they call the game, and usually they'll have a color analyst next to them. Usually it was a player that – Played previously that has expertise, but it seems like, as far as play by play broadcasters go, you have some of the most knowledge when it comes to baseball about situations, this and that. And I was going to ask you, is do you, are you like when you're not telecasting games, do you still study the game? Are you a student of the game? And you, because I've seen you even with Brian, you're going, okay, they should do this, they should do this, they should do this, and you don't see a lot of Play-by-play guys do that, and you just seem so much more knowledgeable with that baseball IQ than a lot of the play-by-play guys.
1: Well, I tell you, I have loved this game since I was, um, you know, in single digits as a as a human being. Uh, I've really loved the game. To me, it's an intriguing game, uh, and I've had to. have I've been blessed. I've I've had the good fortune to be around not only some great broadcasters, but you know, great baseball people. And and I'm, I'm just thinking if you, if you can't learn something from all these people who I can spend time with, sit down, you know, maybe have a little refreshment with. And, uh, I mean, it, it goes all the way back to really some of my minor league days, you know, as a kid to have um, – I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I was just talking uh, earlier this evening about the first game I ever did in the major leagues was in 1976, and it really was a one-game audition for the Astros at Wrigley Field against the Cubs. And I had previously worked in the minor leagues in Oklahoma City in the American Association. And Jim Marshall, remember?
0: we didn't have to discuss this, you know, because it's an unpleasant situation for everybody involved. But this bickering, and I know you're not a reporter. I know you're a play-by-play announcer. But this bickering and squabbling between the players and the owners, and then, of course, today where, you know, they continue to do that. And I think what happens here, in my opinion, is You have the owners on one side, you have the players on the other side. And I'm not asking you to take sides or do anything like that. But I think what people do not realize in this is, and I want to ask you how frustrating this is, you're caught in the middle of this because you're not an owner, you're not a player, yet it affects you, and there's really not a damn thing you can do about it. I mean, how frustrating is that for you?
1: There's no question. It's frustrating Uh, I've talked with other broadcasters, and we're all sort of in the same boat. You know, uh, my daughter and son-in-law have been with us tonight at our place, and we've talked about that. You know, in all the years, and my daughter was talking with somebody the other day, she goes, I think this is the first time that my dad, especially in the summer, has never had anything to do because it's, it's always been baseball every day. That's how she was born into that. She grew up into that. She married... Uh, a pitcher and Dan wheeler and they have three great grandkids who live down the street from me but she says she recognized that as well absolutely frustrating and here's here's my concern i'm concerned about the game and and you know you get two sides and every time there's a labor situation or whatever that goes on i think you feel this way the players feel well we can't give anything to the owners and the commissioner and the owners and the commissioner feel like we can't give anything back To an agreement and somehow get as many games on this year as they can because it would be, I think, a major disservice to the game if they don't play this year. I, I just, uh, because it's, it would not be because of uh, the pandemic. It would be because two sides right. decided not to play. And I don't know how many fans will forgive that.
0: Right, Wayne And I was just going to ask you that uh, two things is number one, is the least amount the games played obviously is better for the owners because they have to play less salaries. They're still still losing money. My question to you is, is it possible the owners and the commissioners are doing this as a stall tactic so less games can be played so they can pay the prorated salaries less? I think in a, in a
1: negotiating environment, Anything is possible, and I think as as much as the players have tried to advance their cause, the owners are going to try to advance theirs, and I, I, I could not disagree. If you, if you staked out that point of view, <laughs> I could not disagree with the idea that that could be possible.
0: Now, you mentioned about the game, and I know you're a big fan of the game as well, and you mentioned about... It hurting the game with the epidemic, all the injustice going on and baseball, as both you and I, you know, we're not, you know, foolish people. They had a chance to really shine on America at a time while America really needed. How bad do you think if it even if it carries on much longer, how bad will the game be tarnished? I, I think I think it could be serious. Think about this. I'm a little older than you are, but remember, remember what Detroit went through in 1968?
1: And that ball club, the Tigers, the Tigers helped to bring that city and the country together after terrible racial situations in Detroit. Baseball did that. The summer of 68 and, and Willie Horton and those guys with the Tigers did that. These guys and uh, all of the management and all of the players, unions and all that, they have a chance to do something really great in what has been a trying time for this country like we haven't seen since the World Wars and the Depression and all of those things. They, if they don't do what they have an opportunity to do, they're going to miss a great opportunity, and I'm afraid they're going to suffer
0: the consequences. We are talking to Dwayne Stats play-by-play announcer for the Tampa Bay Rays. Couple more questions if you don't mind Dwayne right before we let you go. Um, you know, you don't I understand the epidemic came and you know, everything that was done was done correctly, you know. We had to suspend the season. Of course, safety had to be first. Um, even though that's not the problem right now, but initially, but here was a team, the Tampa Bay Rays, who has had so much promise. Maybe the only question on this team, I mean, they have depth, they have great starting pitching, they have a great offensive team, one through nine. Maybe you can question a little bit about the bullpen and maybe the catching position, but this was supposed to be the year of the Tampa
1: Bay Rays. Absolutely. And, and I really think here's the thing. You know, you could project that I think forward a few more years, given the current roster and what they have down below. This could be a great run for this franchise, and you hate to see them miss the opportunity to do that. And I really think even in a in a short season, that you know they're talking about having a 30-man roster and a 20-man taxi squad. That would greatly help the Rays with the depth in the organization they have. So this this will be. Uh, a missed opportunity for the Rays, as well as, I think, all of baseball.
0: Now, can you judge a team? I mean, I guess we're going to have no choice but to judge a season on probably less than half a season. I mean, teams go in slumps, which means there's not going to be a lot of opportunity to play bad baseball this year. Yeah, and and, and
1: as you know, I mean, as big of, or the game as you've been, you know, this game is different than a lot of the other games, and that's it has so many moving parts and so many variables. That's why the season has to be as long as it is, and it's not going to be ideal whether they played 50 games or 72 games or however many games they could get in. Now it's still not going to be the true test of a baseball season, but in the final analysis, it would be a baseball season. And we cannot forget the value that a baseball season
0: Absolutely. Now, before I let you go, Dwayne, I've been dying to ask you this question. I know you've been around since the beginning. If I asked you, and you've done a lot of different calls, I mean, from Wade Boggs, 3,000 hit, Matt Garza, no hitter, uh, Longoria's home run. What is the most so far? And I'm, I, I'm saying so far because we have a lot of good things yet to come. But what has been the most memorable for you?
1: You know, I have—I think I have to say the Longoria home run only because of the context in which it happened. That day in baseball was unbelievable. I mean, I, I've had an opportunity to call nine no-hitters. I was part of calling Nolan Ryan record-breaking at the time, fifth no-hitter, as you mentioned, Garza and all the, all the others. But uh, Longoria's home run against the Yankees in 2011, uh the team had fallen behind seven to nothing. Yep. They needed all the other things that fall into place: Red Sox and the Orioles in Baltimore, and a rain delay, and all of that. So I, I guess I have to go with that. It's I'm, I'm sure if I think about it more, there might be a couple others that were, you know, really cool. But I I'm going to go with that one right now.
0: Well, and I'm hoping, and I'm sure there will be a lot men, a lot more that we do hear from you. Dwayne, I want to thank you so much for joining us on Frankly Speaking Sports tonight.
1: Larry, it's great to be with you. I certainly appreciate it
0: anytime. And I hope you're back to work real soon. We're pulling for you.
1: Thank
0: you so much. All right. Be safe. You too. That was Dwayne Stats, the play-by-play announcer of the Tampa Bay Rays. And, you know, he, he's right. I mean, we know he's right. Uh, You know, the game is being tarnished, and I'd love to get some feedback from everybody that's listening now. I know we have a couple hundred listeners, at least I'm showing here, um, on different platforms. Leave a message right now for me, uh, you know, a question or concern that you have about Major League Baseball, and I will try to get to it before we leave. All you have to do is go to the comment section right there where it says type a message, Go ahead and leave a message, leave a comment, and we'll try to get to your question. Let me know where you're from as well. Um, You know, one thing we didn't get to talk about, and I didn't want to talk about it tonight with uh, Dwayne, was the stadium situation. We did bring that up with Al Keck a couple of days ago. But, um, you know, as far as this baseball thing goes, it's a terrible situation and the ones losing out is individuals like uh you you hear uh Dwayne Stats talking about he doesn't have a job right now. I mean he has a job, he's just not working, so he's not making no money. And those are the people that have forgotten in this. You know, the play by play announcers, the stadium workers, everybody that's involved and it's it's just ridiculous that these two sides can't come together. And, you know, if you're joining us late, you know, go back and listen to the beginning of our show where we talked about Robert Manfred, the owners, but the players want to play. Uh, Matt Scherzer just got a tweet um, from him that we're ready. Tell us where and when. Pete Alonso, the same thing. Uh, Trevor Bauer, who's been very vocal during this whole thing, has just said, look. The commissioner told us a couple of days ago there will be a hundred percent, hundred percent season. There will be a season, and now he's telling us there's not. How can it be both ways? Well, basically, Trevor Bowers is, is telling us what I told you in the beginning that Robin Manfred is not a leader, and he has no integrity, and he is obviously a liar. So, um, you know, it's terrible to see for the game. And, you know, I hope real soon that, uh, you know, we can get back to playing baseball. And, you know, like I told Dwayne, I think it's a ploy. This has happened before. And those of you who remember, I don't know if it was 94, but they have a habit of saying at the last minute that the owners like to play games. And what they're doing now is they're saying, no, forget it. Maybe we won't have a season. So now. The, they make the feelers, the the players feel guilty into having a season and number 2 you know the commissioner in general is you know it's just ridiculous that he has to play games like this there's no reason to have games he's just been caught in a lot of lies and it's it's terrible for the game it's just terrible now for those of you once again please leave comments we have many different forms you can listen to us on. For those of you that have not yet seen our Twitter account, we retweet lots and lots of information from some of the best insiders in sports. Go to Larry Frankis, that's with the US at the end. Go on Twitter, follow me, and you'll get updated on all the latest tweets from some of the greatest insiders in all of sports, from the NBA to the NHL. Uh, Major League Baseball, football, and so on. Also, if you want to listen to any of our podcasts or rewatch our podcast, you have a lot of different ways to do this now. You have the YouTube channel. If you did not know, if you have a smart TV, you could watch what you're watching now on your television set, on your couch, with a brewski in one hand and some chips in the other, and just having a ball with your dog lying on your lap. Because we are now on YouTube television. If you go to a sports bar, ask the sports bar, do you have a smart TV? If they say yes, say, can you please go to YouTube? Type in Frankly Speaking Sports. There'll be a little circle, actually a big circle, with a football field. They tap on it, and all of our past podcasts and the ones going future will be on television now. So you can really enjoy the show. Also, we went over... A lot of different platforms. If you want to listen on your radio while you're driving to work, all you have to do you can go to Spotify, uh, Bullhorn, Apple, Google, Anchor FM, and so on and so on and so on. Lots of different ways to follow us. So please, and also invite your friends to our Facebook page. Frankly, speak in sports. Uh, I will go ahead and approve them, and they will now be members on our fan page. You know, we talked about baseball. I want to stop talking about baseball a minute. First of all, I want to thank Dwayne Stats. What a great, great interview. He gave us his time tonight. And there's a man who's really looking forward to going back to work. But earlier today, we had some breaking news. Obviously, if you follow our Facebook page, you saw it. Several of the Houston Texas Texans and the uh, Dallas Cowboys have contracted COVID-19 the coronavirus none of them had been at either of the facilities this was away from the facilities not that that matters to the context of them getting it but um one of those was Zeke Elliott and I know what Zeke the you know the big thing on uh Twitter today as soon as it came down and somehow they're not supposed to tell you which players. it's part of the privacy laws, this and that. But uh, Zeke's, uh agent, for some reason, felt the need to come out and let everybody know that he was one of the individuals that contracted COVID-19. And, you know, all over Twitter you're realizing, okay, does Dak Prescott have this? And I think part of that alarm was that, if you remember early on during this uh epidemic those two uh suppose that one of the other's house having a party with supposedly a number of people which they later denied and people would have said you know i told you so but this is not one of those issues it wasn't at that time i don't think where it happened but zeke elliott has been named as one of the players who has contracted it and you know all of a sudden you start hearing everything Oh, how are they going to play football how are they going to do that Those guys are going to be in quarantine for, you know, 14 days, obviously, and then they have to take another test, and the test has to be negative in order for them to be allowed back at the training site. Now, or actually to go for the first time in a long time back to the training facilities. Now, it raises the question, and I'm going to tell you listeners this, and all my fans out there, you need to understand this because you're just kidding yourself if you don't. There are going to be players in every single sport, from the NBA, to WNBA, the NHL, soccer, basketball, football, baseball, and so on and so on. They're going to contract the virus. the The actual concern is the spread of the virus and how they treat the virus. You know, If the virus is being treated and it's not causing as many deaths, then they're going to start looking at it as just another illness until they get at least a vaccine for it. Once they get a vaccine, then it's going to be just like giving medicine for the flu. So I think one of the things they're trying to really observe this, analyze it, and see what the best course of action is, because they don't know. There's still a lot of unknown and, you know, the question comes up, well, what happens if half a team gets this? You know, once again, you know, those are questions they only they know. We don't know. But it's a good question. Actually, it's a great question. But as of now, you know, you hear other teams that are doing this test, and you find out that there's no cases. It seems like Texas is really getting hit hard with this because not only the Texans – not only the Cowboys, also it was reported earlier or late last week that six University of Houston student-athletes, I don't know if it was just the football team, but I know it was athletes, had contracted the coronavirus. So obviously there's a big situation going on in Texas, which is very concerning because they were one of the first states to say we will allow fans in the stands. So it does raise questions. It does raise concerns. But we're going to have these concerns you know, all throughout at least the next 12 months until some type of vaccine is, is going to be able to treat this. Um, I'm looking at some of the texts coming in on our text line right now. Once again, we have about nine minutes left in the show. If you want to leave a comment, want me to discuss something right here on frankly speaking sports, We have about nine minutes to do so. Please go ahead and leave it. You know, as far as the stadium situation go, you know right now, there is no news on that stadium situation. The only thing I will say is exactly the same thing that Al Keck and I talked about when Al was on the uh show last week. I do not see this team, and I do not see baseball and uh, you know not that i have the most confidence in mlb owners and the commissioner at this time but i don't see them allowing a two city team that is not going to happen it will not be approved no way shape or form it's a ploy it's a negotiation ploy you know you heard Dwayne talk a little bit about negotiations and negotiations well same thing with this uh stadium deal um, you know those are just just things it's part of negotiating. you know everyone thinks of the glorious world that you know, but they don't see the other side behind closed doors and there's a lot of bickering negotiation is a skill it isn't skill, and you know both sides have it, and that's that's what you're seeing them go through uh Craig mentioned with the Tigers, I guess when uh one of our fans from Tampa, Florida, when uh, Dwayne was talking about the Tigers, Mickey Lolish and Al Kaline. You know, I remember Mickey Lolish. He played for the Mets later on, and he was a big guy. I think a big left-hander, uh, Mickey Lolish, who uh, actually did pretty well with the Mets. And, of course, Al Kaline back in the 60s, I was just – you know, it's hard to believe I was a baby at one time, but – I was just a little baby when Al Kaline was playing, so I never got to see him play live, only got to see him play what I remember on tape and stuff like that. What a great, great ball player uh, he was as well. Uh, Tomorrow night, we're going to be talking some Buccaneer football. I'm not sure who our guest is going to be yet, but as soon as I decide on who that will be, and they accept our invitation We'll go ahead and make that, you know, public. But as of now, we are definitely going to be talking some Buccaneer uh, football. We're going to be talking about the team in general. You know, I some people like to break down, you know, running backs and offensive line and defensive line and cornerbacks. You know, we'll do that at another time. I enjoy doing that as well. But tomorrow we'll talk about the offensive line. Is it good enough for Tom Brady or is it not good enough? We'll talk about the tight ends who I think are, you know, some of the best, if not the best, in football. And we'll talk about a need that I still think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have on offense. And, uh, you know, it's not the running game. So those of you saying, oh, probably the running game. No, you might be surprised who I think or where I think uh, we need help um, on the offensive side of the football. So we'll we'll go ahead and we'll talk about that as well tomorrow. Um, if you did not hear, the WNBA did come out with an announcement today that they are going to start their season in the middle of July. And once again, Florida is the host. Uh, you know, a lot of good things happening for the state of Florida as people come out of this epidemic and start opening up their programs. Well, The WNBA, IMG, which is in Bradenton, I know it very, very well. Um, It's a sports academy out there in Bradenton, Florida, which is probably about just about 40 miles south of Tampa Bay near the Sarasota area, is going to be hosting the WNBA. They're going to be finishing the regular season, and then they're going to go play uh, playoffs as well. So good news out of the WNBA, um, you know, and in closing, I know all of us are a little depressed, especially the baseball fans. It's an ugly time. It's a disgusting time. It's a depressing time. It's an unforgettable time. There's just so many adjectives that can describe, my, you know, how I'm feeling about the ugliness of baseball right now, now coming back. And I'm hoping soon that somebody wakes up and, you know, smells the coffee, so to speak, and we get baseball back because they are really tarnishing their name. But in closing, I want to personally thank Adam Silver, Gary Bettman, and Roger Goodell for showing – and Miss Engelbert. I can't remember our first – I don't know if it's Cindy or Kathy Engelbert – the uh, commissioner of the WNBA, but just a great, great, great um, example of what true leadership is and what you need to do to get your program back playing. I really wish that Major League Baseball can take some lessons from all of you because they can really, really use your help. I'll tell you right now, Robert Manfred can really use your help at this time because all of us are dying for baseball to come back, yet there's no timetable. We don't know where it is. Once again, if you listened to us yesterday, we have invited Robert Manfred now several times on our show. He has not called back, obviously. It's not like he has anything else to do right now except cause trouble, so I don't see why he wouldn't come on our show and we haven't put out yet, and we'd love to get Tony Clark here. You know, Tony Clark's working his butt off for the players, trying to do everything he can to get these players back. We're going to try to reach out to him maybe tomorrow, see if we can get him on here live maybe Wednesday or Thursday night to uh, to talk to the fans and leave a message for the fans Um, You know, I know he's real busy, so that is going to be a very tough task to do, but we will put out a feeler to him and see if he decides to accept or not during these busy times. Once again, I want to thank everybody so very much for joining us on Frankly Speaking Sports. We want to thank a very special guest tonight, Dwayne Stats, the play-by-play broadcaster for the Tampa Bay Rays. I really hope you enjoyed it. To you all, please be safe out there. And we'll see you again tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, on another episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. Good night.